Welcome back to the Pearls and Pearls podcast. I'm your host, Peter Kay. I recently celebrated my three-year wedding anniversary, and in today's episode, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned in marriage so far. So I'm now three years in, and honestly, the last three years have gone by very, very quickly. I got married in September 2018, And honestly, well, you could say year two, we're pretty much in the pandemic. Um, Well, we still sort of are, but it's been a very, very interesting experience and I'd love to share some of the lessons I've learned. Initially, I was going to share three lessons I've learned, but I thought that was a bit corny. So um, I've just jotted down a couple of points, but I'm just going to speak as I feel led to speak. In this episode, I really want to kind of give you guys an insight into my experience so far. I'm three years in, so you could still say I'm in the honeymoon phase. I don't know if you'd say I'm in the honeymoon phase. I definitely don't think I am. Um, Three years is a sufficient amount of time to be able to establish and get an idea of what marriage is like and what it's going to be like. But I'm excited to share my experience with you. So let me get straight into the episode and stop beating around the bush. So just a little bit of background about myself and my relationship. So I got married at 23. I got married in September, 2018. And as you do, I had a lot of ideas about what marriages were going to be like. Of course, this was a very, very big decision for me to make at, for what some people would say, a very young age. To be fair, I didn't feel very young, but when I do look back on it now, I was young. And some of the ideas that I had in my mind were a little fairy tale esque And to be fair, growing up, I never had a lot of relationships and marriages that I saw that I admired or I said, yeah, this is what I want for myself. Unfortunately, I didn't have that. So I grew up seeing a lot of dysfunctional relationships or just seeing a lot of strong single mothers, but not really seeing a married couple that I can say, yep, this is the kind of relationship that I want. So for me going into marriage, I knew there was a lot of things that I didn't want for myself. And even from a young age, I kind of said to myself that if I'm going to get married and be unhappy, I'd rather not get married. So I've always wanted to get married, but I definitely had expectations and things that I knew I didn't want for myself. So I did have my standards. And when I did get married, I definitely say I was as ready as I could have been at 23. Um, it was definitely something I've wanted. I've always wanted to get married young and fortunately it happened that way. Um, but I do think I was definitely ready for it in the sense of as ready as I could be. I don't think you're ever gonna be at a stage in life where you're completely ready for anything, but I do think it's important to prepare yourself for whatever it is you're working towards. And marriage was definitely something I prepared myself emotionally for because I understood that it was not a light decision and it was a very big decision which could make or break me. Um, I do think who you marry and how your marriage is, it really can have a massive effect on yourself. It can have a massive effect on your self-esteem, on your career, on your family life and just your happiness in general. So I knew that it was a very big deal and I wanted to make sure that I got it right. So before getting married, there's a lot of things that I did to prepare myself. You know, I did the spiritual aspect of things. I prayed, I'm a Christian and my faith is one of the foundations of my life. That is my ultimate foundation. And it's definitely something that has built my marriage in the way that it is now. I definitely say the way my marriage is, is a result of the faith that I have. And also there's just so many lessons that I've learned, which I can attribute to that also. But I'll kind of get into that a little bit later. But essentially I wanted to get married And I prepared myself for that because I knew, you know, I've not seen a lot of good examples and I had fears, you know, I don't want to get married to get divorced. Um, For me, I'd rather be single forever than to get married and get divorced because I've seen the effects of divorce on people and how detrimental it can be. You know, you attach your life to someone, you build relationships together, you build communities together. And then to have to break that up is very, very difficult. And I remember when my parents got divorced, 
I think I was probably around 10 years old or nine. I can't remember the age exactly, but around that age. And I remember how sad I felt. And of course I was young. I didn't really understand properly. And I thought it was my fault. And I remember just that pain of, I didn't quite understand it, but I knew that my family would never be as it was. Not that it was perfect before that, but it was just a very big deal. And I remember how sad that made me feel. And I always thought to myself, I never want to get divorced. I don't, I never want that to happen to me. But of course, nobody ever wants to get divorced. And I have seen the effects it has on people that have gone through divorce and how tough it can be. You know, for me, just kind of having that secondhand experience, I saw the struggle. I knew that was something that I didn't want for myself. And something I kind of thought about a lot before I got married was that, because I always thought to myself, like, Sometimes people say, you know, they got married and the person changed. And I just thought to myself, like, it's either that person's a really good actor or surely there were some signs that perhaps were ignored. And I do feel like, especially for women, I can speak as a woman because I'm a woman. A lot of the times we do see red flags, but we ignore them. We make excuses for them. We think to ourselves, that person will change when we get married. And I've always said to myself, I'm not going to do that. So when I was dating my husband, my now husband, I was very on the defense. I was on the lookout. (laughs) I was on the lookout for any red flags. There were even times it wasn't even a red flag. It was probably a green flag. But I was very conscious of the fact that sometimes people can be deceiving. Sometimes some of these men out here, they pretend that they're serious and they want a relationship, but that's not really what they want. Or they want a relationship in their mind, but they're not truly ready to make that commitment. So for me, as we were dating, I was very, very intentional with the time we spent together. I was very very intentional in terms of getting to know him on a deeper level you know we had a lot of uncomfortable conversations when we were dating about our future what we wanted did we want to have children that was a very big deal for me and other things about our future as well we had those conversations we spoke about our salaries what we earned and I'll never forget it was so awkward I think we're actually texting each other and I was at work and I remember um we're speaking about what we earned and it was kind of like I didn't know what he earned. He didn't know what I earned. And it was that awkward thing of who earns more. (laughs) I remember just how awkward that was. But I knew all of those little things that seemingly little things were important. And I had to ask those questions. I remember I was that person. I'll be Googling questions to ask your boyfriend when we're engaged, questions to ask your fiance, because honestly, I did not want to be deceived. That was my biggest fear of me marrying someone and then they just switch up and change on me after we get married and they turn into this horrible monster. That was my biggest fear. And I was very, very intentional about really getting to know him better and observing him. You know, it's one thing for you to ask someone questions. Of course, some people, especially if they're very good with their words, they know the right thing to say. But also just observing someone's natural behavior, seeing how they are with their family, seeing what their dynamics are like with their family. You know, if it's toxic or a little bit strained, kind of getting a little bit deeper as to why that is. Because sometimes, and one thing I've heard many, many times and you probably have too is that especially if you're a woman that uh, the way the man treats you will be a reflection of how he treats his mother and to some degree I do think that's true of course it's not always 100% true everyone is different and everyone's circumstance is different but I do feel like how someone treats their mother or their parents in general whether it's a male or female is a good indication for you to tell how that person is to tell how they treat their family because when you get married when you're in a committed relationship with someone they are essentially going to become your family and you know when you're dating and getting to know each other and you've got feelings, it can be quite, you're like, you're just in that euphoria, you're excited about everything, you're in your feelings, and you're not really thinking or seeing that person's annoying habits, but once you do get to that stage in the relationship where you know each other a lot better, 
you're not so infatuated and you're starting to develop that real authentic love for that person, you will start to see the annoying habits. And it's very easy for that mask of, you know, just being in your feelings and infatuation to slip, that your natural behaviors start to come out. And I definitely say looking at how that person treats their family, the proximity they have, the way they communicate with them is a great indication of how they're going to treat you as their future family. And those were the things I observed in my husband. Things that I saw that for me was a bit questionable I spoke to him about so that I could kind of get a bit more of an understanding and something that I definitely learned so look look at me now guys I'm speaking about dating when I'm supposed to be speaking about marriage but I really want to give you guys the context so you can understand a little bit more about where we started and where we are currently so like I said we got married at well I was 23 my husband was 24 and we dated for a year and a half prior to getting married we didn't live together we weren't intimate or anything like that we were dating Christian dating, you know, and really we wanted to wait until we got married before having sex because that was very important. That was a very important aspect of for both of us of our faith. And of course, it was not easy. We are human, and I don't care how holy anybody wants to pretend they are. It was very difficult, it's very challenging, especially if you do like someone, you are attracted to them. It was not easy to remain celibate until marriage, but I definitely say now it was worth it but it was tough and there are times we had to put boundaries in to make it a little bit easier for ourselves but that was something we decided to do because it was important to both of us and it was a part of our faith and I love the fact that it wasn't a thing where it was important for me but not for him we're both on the same page in that area and I do think it's very important because sex is a vital part of the relationship and if one of you's on you know one page and the other's on another page it can cause a lot of you know button heads disagreements resentment so I do think you know if you are someone that you're going to be celibate you both need to be on the same page it should never be a thing of I'm doing this for you because it's important to you it's easy to say that if it's for six months but if you're intending on waiting until marriage or waiting until who knows knows how long it's going to be the the answer may change so for both of us we were both on the same page it's something that was important to us both so that made it a little bit easier in a sense because we both wanted the same thing so that gives you a background so as you can imagine we never lived together before we got married and I've heard lots of people say things like oh my gosh you know but you don't know you don't really know the person you know and of course, a lot of people cohabit before they get married. Um, a lot of people cohabit and they never get married. But for me, marriage was important and that's something that I wanted. And I wanted to kind of preserve certain aspects. I wanted something to look forward to. If I lived with him before getting married, what is there for us to really look forward to? The only thing that changes is a ring on my finger and a marriage certificate. I wanted to kind of preserve that aspect. I wanted to do things the way that I believed was best for me which was waiting and of course that brought its challenges so if we go back into year one imagine we're just living together for the first time we never lived together prior you know you kind of go out on dates but everybody goes home to their houses so I definitely say living together in that first year there were challenges especially with adjusting to how we were how we dealt with things how we both cleaned you know how our um ideas of our roles within the relationship just little things like that and I found for me some small things for me could be an irritation it could be I've cleaned and he's moved something out of the place that I placed it I can be a little bit particular at times with the way I like things so for example when I wash up the dishes we don't have a dishwasher we we are the dishwasher um I like to ensure that the fork spoons and all the cutlery is facing down however when he washes up 
is facing up, it's facing all directions. But for me, I prefer it to be facing down and it sounds so small and so anal, but I remember there was times when he would do it the opposite way and it would irritate me. It's like, oh my, I'd be going there and I'm just like fixing it and (laughs) and just moaning and complaining within myself. And I just thought PK is really not that deep. You need to calm down. Like it's really not that deep, but it sounds so funny. But one thing I've come to realize is that a lot of the times in marriage and relationships, the things that people argue about can be the smallest thing. You can argue about the toothpaste. You can argue about the person not taking out the, the garbage or not washing up after themselves. Sometimes the smallest things can be a source of contention. And that's why I one of the things I definitely learned in my first year of marriage was don't sweat the small stuff and really assess my own feelings. Like, why am I getting upset about this? Is it that deep? And if I know the answer is no, I'm gonna have to let that go. That's a me problem. That's not a him problem. Because a lot of the times I'll be thinking like, oh, why doesn't he do it that way? Of course he doesn't do it that way. You both grew up in different households. Yes, you may have had similar cultures, but you've grown up completely different. You're different people. You have different personalities. So there's a lot of empathy that I had to build in my first year of marriage. I had to understand that he isn't thinking like me. He doesn't see things the way that I see it. And there was a lot of learning and growing up that I had to do in the first year. And I'm still doing up until now. There are still times where certain things he might put his clothes down in a way that I don't like it (laughs) and it bothers me. But then it's like, is it that deep? Is this something that I can just speak to him about and he can work on it? Or is this me just being a little bit of a perfectionist or me just being very particular? So I've really kind of learned to be more self-aware of myself. You know, this is a theme I always speak about, but really analyze because it's very easy to shift the blame onto someone to think they're the problem. And a lot of the times we think that we get it all right and we're the perfect person, but we all have our flaws and we all have our irritating um. Um, habits and stuff like that so those are definitely one of the things that I learned and something I kind of want to segue into that I learned that I've learned so far in these three years is the importance of vulnerability like no one told me about the level of vulnerability that is required for you to have effective communication within your relationship for you to have the understanding of each other and for you to also build intimacy Out of all the advice that I've received, and I've received many, and over the years, I've heard lots of people speaking about marriage in church, in seminars about love, but no one really spoke about vulnerability. And this is one of the things I've learned over the last three years, the level of vulnerability that is required. And I do reflecting back and kind of you know I watch a lot of programs about dating relationships and I was always kind of that person people would come to advice about relationships and things like that I don't know why someone has once said to me that I will probably be a relationship coach at some point but we'll see I don't know what the future holds but one thing I definitely say and now that I can look back and see from my own experience is that vulnerability is required for effective communication we speak a lot about communication being important in relationships but it's not just about communicating. Sometimes you may communicate something, but because you're kind of hiding away and you don't want to get in touch with your feelings because you don't want to be vulnerable and show that sensitive side of yourself or even that side of yourself that maybe you've never shown to anyone. So maybe you may even communicate about something that's bothering you in the relationship or something you're not happy about and you may say it, but when you lack vulnerability, you might not go into detail. And we've all done that. Something bothers you and you kind of touch the surface when you speak to that person about it because you don't really want to go deep. You don't really want to get in your feelings. You don't want to be seen as sensitive or that you're complaining depending on the kind of personality that you are. And that's something that I learned in marriage is that 
at times I would communicate things that were bothering me, things I wasn't happy with, but I lacked vulnerability. And as a result, sometimes I was communicating, but it wasn't effective because I wasn't really being transparent about how important or significant or hurtful that particular thing was to me. So vulnerability is so important and it's fundamental in you being able to build effective communication with your partner. And that's one of the things that I've definitely noticed is is lacking. A lot of people, we don't speak about the importance of vulnerability and a lot of people lack the emotional intelligence to actually be vulnerable even in the relationship. I can definitely say I've seen sides of my husband that no one has seen. He's opened up to me in ways that he's never done with anyone else and same with myself. And as a result of us being vulnerable with each other, as difficult as it is, and I I can tell you guys, there's been times where we've had conversations and I'm like, I need to talk to you about something. And he's like, okay, yeah, uh, what is it? (laughs) It will take me a good five minutes just to kind of piece together my words and what I'm trying to communicate because I'm not accustomed to that. I've been that kind of person where if something happens, I just get on with it. I'm not the kind of person to complain about it. I just keep it moving. But I realize that in marriage, even sometimes the small things, if it is bothering you, you do need to speak about it. And it's very easy to kind of just push things under the carpet to kind of be like, mm, maybe another time. Let me wait to the right time. And sometimes when we hide behind the guise of the right time, quote unquote, we just never want to address the issue. And that's definitely one thing I've learned that I need to be vulnerable. And so does he. If something's bothering him, he has to let me know. This whole idea of they should know what they've done. They should be able to read my read my mind. If he or she loves me, then they would do this or that. It is just the worst thing you can do for your relationship. You have to communicate your needs, your wants. You cannot expect that person to know what they have done that's offended you or what you feel that you're lacking in the relationship. So vulnerability is so important. And sometimes if right now maybe you're struggling with communication in your relationship, maybe not even in a marriage um, setting or a romantic relationship, but even with your family or friends or your co-workers, this could be that thing. Maybe you're just not being vulnerable vulnerability does not mean you're going to start crying or that you know you're going to wear all your heart on your sleeves that's not it but being transparent is very very important and this really does help you to build that understanding you're going to be able to understand each other a lot better understand your triggers understand the things that bother you even speaking about things that happened in your past you know what was it like growing up for you knowing each other's childhood All of these things are so important for me, knowing certain things about my husband's upbringing and what his childhood was was like, it's a lot easier for me to understand some of the ways that he does certain things or why some things are important to him and why some things aren't important to me because we've had different upbringings, we've had different experiences, we've faced different challenges and as a result, it has shaped us into the person we are today. And it's important to kind of know these things and really dive deeper in your relationship so that you can really understand each other better. It's very difficult to have empathy for someone if you don't know them. So the more you can build um, your understanding of your partner, the more empathetic you will be able to be. Sometimes we lack empathy because we just don't really know the person that well. But the more you actually take the time to get to know your partner, to get to know even yourself, you're going to be able to have better empathy and understand each other better. And you will see how much more effective your communication is going to be. And remember, communicating is not just about you speaking, but it's also about you listening. It's also about you taking on board what that person is saying and not taking it as an attack not taking it as you know something that's just directed to you but really trying to understand that person's perspective is very important 
And of course, with building vulnerability, there needs to be trust. If you don't trust your partner, if you don't trust people in general, it's gonna be very difficult for you to open up on that deeper level. It was definitely hard for me. And at times it can be hard, you know, depending on what the issue is, but I know how important it is. So at times I do have to force myself and push myself out of my comfort zone for the better of my relationship and my own well-being as well. So definitely building on that in your marriage, in your relationship is very, very important. And having that level of vulnerability with someone where you can be open about anything and, you know, having that trust that if you are open with that person, they are going to receive you in the right way. It's such a beautiful thing to have. Knowing that you can just be yourself with someone and not have to worry about how they're going to perceive you is absolutely beautiful. And I wish that for everyone. And this really does help build intimacy. A lot of the time when we think about intimacy, we just think about sex, but especially as a woman, it's not just about the physical act or, you know, what you're doing in the bedroom or wherever in your house or outside, wherever you're doing it. It's really about that connection you have with the person and like I said when you build that vulnerability all those other aspects are going to also come into play as well so that's definitely something I want to highlight now another thing that I've learned is that love requires intentional effort we speak a lot about love and love is very important when you love someone you're more willing to sacrifice for them than you would for someone you don't love let's just keep it real but love requires intentional effort keeping that love alive requires intentional effort requires you you know getting to know your partner dating your partner even when you're married and not you know just relaxing now that you've you've won them um from both sides not just for men but also women as well it's very easy for us to get relaxed in our relationship and I've definitely said there has been times where I've relaxed in my relationship where I won't really make much of an effort but for me now it's like if we're going to go out even if we're just going to get a coffee last week we went to um a cafe nearby and had some cake and um what I I had cake and some a latte but even for that I still dress cute because I think it's just important to make an effort I'm not saying you got to be full face makeup and lashes all the time but making an effort for each other is so important those are the little things that are going to keep the love alive you know when you were dating when you were getting to know each other you were probably putting your best foot forward but why do we feel like once we've gotten to a certain stage in a relationship we can just now relax and just not bother keeping that intentional effort is going to make such a difference and I'm sure that your partner is going to appreciate that and and vice versa and I'll also encourage them as well to keep keep that keep them um keep themselves in check and to make an effort as well so I definitely say that is important so being intentional in your relationship being intentional in how you spend time together because life gets busy work other responsibilities if you have other things outside of work if you've got a second job, business, children, life can get extremely busy. Trying to balance everything and everyone, including yourself, it can be very difficult. But if you want to have a healthy and happy relationship, you have to make time for that. Even if you're busy, just something as simple as a phone call, as you know, let's sit down and talk together. What do you want to do? Making time for each other, prioritizing your relationship is very important because if you're just waiting to be free and having the time pop up, it probably will never happen. So definitely making an effort. And like I said, love requires intentional effort to keep that going. A lot of the times in relationships, you know, there gets to a point where the love dries up, (laughs) you know, as people say, the spark is no longer there. And that tends to happen when one or both people are no longer making an intentional effort in the relationship. So that's definitely something to keep in mind. Now, one of the other lessons that I've learned, which I really want to highlight, is the importance of fun. 
Guys, life can get serious. Adulting can be serious. It can be stressful, but don't forget to have fun. Marriage does not have to be boring. There's so many running jokes about marriage being boring. You know, you're always just with that one person for the rest of your life, but that doesn't mean it has to be boring. Marriage is supposed to be fun. You're meant to build memories together. You're meant to have new experiences together and have fun. If you're always serious and just talking about the bills and complaining and, you know, it's going to just bring down the damper in your house. Like your home needs to have a good atmosphere. Your home needs to be that place where you both want to come home to and not the opposite where you're like, oh, I don't want to go home today. Yeah, my wife or my husband or whomever, you know, I don't want anyone to see them. Like for me, I love <laughs> being at home. You know, it's my safe haven. It's the place where I feel most comfortable. It's a place where I can be myself. I love being at home. And this is always something I wanted for myself because it wasn't always the case for me growing up. But I love being at home. If I make plans with someone and they cancel, I'm just like, it's okay, I'm gonna be at home anyway. <laughs> but honestly, building that safe haven and having that peace in your home is very, very important. Building an atmosphere where you both wanna come home to is key. And a lot of the times it's not just about having a beautiful home aesthetically, but it's having a beautiful environment. It's being someone that is a pleasure to be around. And that goes both ways. You know, if you're someone that you're very moody or your mood is constantly changing, perhaps you should, you know, get some professional help. Look into that a little bit deeper because it's very easy when we're going through something stressful for us to take that out on those closest to us. And sometimes we don't even realize we're doing it. So it's really important to kind of have that transparency in your relationship where your partner can say, do you know what? I think you do need to maybe speak to someone or what's going on with you. And in those moments, being open with them, because otherwise it's like, they can see something's wrong. You're like, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, but really you're not fine. And of course, they're probably gonna think that they've done something and then it just creates this environment that's not a pleasure to be around. So definitely have fun do things together, have your date nights or your date days. And it doesn't mean you have to spend a lot of money. If financially you guys are, you know, you don't have a lot of money or maybe you're saving for something significant or money is just tight, there are still things that you can do on a budget. You can go to the museum, you can, you know, maybe go to the park, you can go to the cinema. There's so many things. You can even have fun at home, you know, have a different kind of theme, have a Mexican night and have some tacos or (laughs) some burritos. I don't know, there's so many things you can do. Get creative, we have the internet. You can actually Google cheap things to do with your partner, romantic date ideas. There's so many things that you can do and find inspiration. So guys, there's actually no excuse, but have fun. Make sure you are laughing more than you're arguing. Unfortunately, a lot of couples, you are arguing more than you're laughing and that is the problem. And that problem is gonna affect your intimacy in your relationship. That's gonna affect every single aspect. So make sure you're laughing more than you're arguing. I don't I want to remind you that. I'm going to say it one more time and if you're single, keep this in mind. When I get married, we need to laugh more together than we do arguing because unfortunately, a lot of us are addicted to drama, we're addicted to confrontation and we think that is normal. We think that is okay. You know, of course, you are going to have disagreements. You're different. But it doesn't need to be a source of bickering and contention 24-7. Like, your life is not a reality TV series. This is real life, okay? So, yeah, I really wanted to highlight that. And that kind of leads me to my next point of what I've learned so far. Three years in, build foundations together. Coming into marriage, we both had different ideas of what we thought marriage was meant to be like, what our roles was going to be in our marriage, and so on. 
But something that's very important, especially as you're building your life together, the person I was when I was 23 versus who I am right now, 26 going on 27, I have changed a lot over the last three years. My, the core of who I am is still the same, but some of my ideas are no longer the same. Some of the ways that I deal with situations is very different. I've matured in a lot of ways and I definitely say that I've changed a lot. I can admit that and that was in three years. So I can only imagine how much I will change and how much I will evolve in the next seven years of my marriage in the next 10 years because we're constantly changing as human. Who you are today is not who you're gonna be a year from now. The things that you like, the things that are important to you, the things that are priority to you right now at this moment in time may be completely different a year from now. And I think it's very important that as you are growing together, especially for both of us, we're both young when we got married, we're still young now, but we're a little bit older and we have matured and we have you know, learned a lot. But the key thing is we're growing and we're evolving. But it's important that we're growing together because it's very easy to grow apart. So one of the things we did a couple of months back was we wrote down some foundations for our marriage, some foundations for our relationship, things that were important to us. And I think one of the things we wrote down, so we wrote it down in one of my notebooks that I got him and we both signed it and dated it because I'm, I'm that person. But I just think it's important for you to kind of brainstorm together. If you are married or you're in a committed relationship, I definitely suggest that you do that with your partner or take it for future reference. But you both speak together about what are the core foundations that are important to you. So things like trust or things like one of our foundations should be always spending time together no matter how busy we are. So always ensuring that we go out at least once a month or at least once a week. Always ensuring we have quality time. Always ensuring that we make time for our intimate moments. Whatever the case may be, always make sure that we're transparent, that we're open. So really thinking about what are the foundations for you both because this may be different. You know, every relationship is different and a lot of the times what's important to you may be different. And I think also it's important to understand that every relationship functions differently. The dynamics may be different. So for example, you may have a household where the husband is a stay-at-home dad and it works perfectly well. Or you may have a case where the woman is a stay-at-home mom or you both work or one person has a business or the wife earns more than the husband or vice versa. So the dynamics of your relationship, those little, you know, things that slot together may be different. And it's important for you both to come together and speak openly about what is important to you both. This is going to help you to make sure that you're building a foundation together that's important to you both. And that's where things like faith comes in. You know, what is your faith versus your partner's faith? What is important to you? You know, what are your plans for the future? What are the plans for your relationship? All of these factors are things you need to be speaking about even after you get married because this these things can change. And like I said, you want to make sure that as you're growing older, as you're aging, you are both growing together. And that's only going to happen when you have transparent conversations with each other. So from time to time, check in. Maybe once a month, how are things going for you? What can I do to be better? What can I do to be a better husband or wife or partner or girlfriend or whatever? You know, what What are one of the things that you'd like me to focus on? What can I do to support you better? You know, asking those kind of questions, but being very open for the answer as well. Not just asking for asking's sake, but really being receptive to the answer that person's going to give you and vice versa. Now, one of the second to last things that I learned as I wrap up this episode was about intimacy. I do feel like there's a lot of things that I didn't know about sex. Like, I'm just gonna say it out. There's a lot of things I didn't know. I thought I knew. Okay, I wouldn't say I thought I knew it all because I didn't. But I definitely, there's a lot of things, especially about the biological aspect of a woman's body, even about a man's body. Guys, there's a lot that I didn't know. And 
I also feel like a lot of the advice that I received prior to getting married, although a lot of it was from good intentions, there's a lot of advice that it wasn't very in-depth. And especially when it came to intimacy and sex, it was kind of like, you know, just make time for it. You know, don't say no to your husband, things like that. But really and truly, that's not really gonna help me, is it? <laughs> and, you know, getting married to my husband, I wasn't very experienced. I wasn't someone that I'd slept with many people. I had not. So there's a lot that I didn't know. I didn't really understand my own body. And there's a lot that I had to learn. And one of the things that really helped me a lot was the book called The Act of Marriage um, by a believe it's Tim and Beverly LaHaye. Honestly, guys, this book was so helpful for me. It is a Christian book, but honestly, it speaks about the biological aspect. It speaks about the spiritual side of um, marriage and sex. And it was so transparent and it was very, very helpful. There's so many things that I learned. And now as I look back on my marriage and the ideas and knowledge I had about sex at the beginning, um, I'm so grateful for this book because when I read it, I realized how little I knew. And I just thought to myself, imagine if I hadn't read this book my experience would be completely different. And it was the same for my husband. There's a lot he didn't know too, you know? He was a virgin when we got married. And again, having that knowledge was so important for us both. And I was just so glad that someone recommended that book to me and I bought it because it was really, really helpful. And this is another thing as well, educating yourself. Education is so important. Knowledge is key. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says something like, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And when it comes to sex and intimacy, there are a lot of marriages that struggle in the sex department because of, of a lack of knowledge when it comes to sex. Just because you've slept with many people or maybe you feel experienced doesn't mean you really know what healthy sex looks like. And that's definitely something that I learned. And as I was reading and seeing case studies in the book, I thought, wow, a lot of people are struggling with this. A lot of the times our ideas about sex is based on pornography, which is fake. It's based on movies that are also artificial. They're not real. The sex you see on TV versus real life sex is not the same. And it builds false expectations. It, it builds false ideas in your mind. And you start thinking, yeah, this is what it's gonna be like. And then for many people, once they actually get to that stage where they're married or they're in that committed relationship, they're like, what is this? This is not what I expected. And especially for women, a lot of women are unhappy in their relationships especially when it comes to sex because of that lack of knowledge on both parts and I'm really glad that I read that book and I really want to encourage you if you are someone that is married read that book <laughs> if you're someone that that's an area that you know maybe you're very uncomfortable with or you know maybe you grew up in a christian household or a religious household where sex was never discussed it was never spoken about it was always kind of like when you're older or when you get married but nobody taught you the right way read that book or drop me a dm i'm here to help i'm happy to answer your questions to the best of my ability or even simply just to point in the right direction but i really wanted to highlight that point and of course this can be a little bit awkward talking about sex on the podcast but it's important if you are in a loving marriage you need to be having good sex and for me to read and see that many couples weren't was very sad but honestly reading that book it definitely blessed our marriage in that department and that is not an area we struggle but honestly reading that and having that knowledge I can honestly say that I helped so much but yeah educate yourself educate yourself there are books out there useful books i'm not talking about pornographic books i'm talking about wholesome books that are going to help you and give you the knowledge that you need but yeah that's another thing that i learned as well that sex especially for a woman is not always straightforward it's not always just like um, you know this euphoric haven that you're watching in the movies sometimes it takes work there's things that need to be done to prepare you mentally physically and all of those things that are spoken about previously will also impact on how things are in the bedroom. So I really wanted to highlight that too. 
Now, as I come to the last point, before I wrap up today's show, I wanted to speak about faith. Faith has been one of the foundations and the foundation ultimately of my marriage. Over the last three years, like I said, we've both matured, we've both grown, we've both evolved and a lot of a lot of things has changed in our lives. But one of the things that has kept us together and that has kept our relationship strong has been our faith. There has been moments where we disagreed on certain things, where we didn't see eye to eye or when I felt that those things I couldn't communicate to him about because it was kind of awkward or I didn't know how to. But simply just praying about it and speaking to God about it, you know, to help me to be able to articulate myself or even just praying for him. There's been so many times where I've prayed for my husband about things and good things have happened I've prayed for him financially then he got a pay rise (laughs) or you know I've prayed about a specific way that I've been feeling or maybe I've been hurt about something and I just wanted that right time to be able to have that conversation with him prayer and having that relationship with God has really been fundamental in keeping our marriage strong and I can honestly say the last three years has been amazing I've grown so much and I have no regrets you know for a lot of people when they hear that I've gotten married at 23 they just think why would you do that you've thrown your youth in the bin but honestly I'm so happy and I have no regrets because I wouldn't say the last three years has been easy because it has been challenging I have had to come out of my comfort zone I have had to be vulnerable which has not been easy and marriage does take work it's not easy you can marry the right person you can marry someone you're compatible with but that doesn't mean that it's going to be easy there will be challenges but it has been a blessing And honestly, I wouldn't change it. Sometimes I think to myself, if I could choose being married as I am now or going back to my single life, what would I choose? And honestly, I'm happy being married. (laughs) There's certain aspects of my single life I don't want to go back to. So honestly, I'm just so grateful for the man that I have married. Like honestly, one of the things for all my single ladies out there, marry a man who wants to be a husband. There may be a man that wants a wife, But is he a husband? Is he ready and willing to commit? Is he someone who's ready to be a husband? This is very important. There are a lot of men that want a wife, but they're not ready to be a husband. And when I say ready, it doesn't mean they're going to be perfect, but they're not ready to make the commitment. They're not ready to make the sacrifices that are required. And I'm really glad that I was able to find someone like that. But again, it's not because I'm lucky, but I prayed about it. I prepared myself and I took the risk because I didn't know whether us dating was going to work out or not. I had conflicting advice from different people. There's people that because, you know, there are certain aspects that they didn't see compatible. They, you know, weren't too sure about the relationship. But I had peace about it. And that was one of the great things. And if you guys want to know a little bit more about how I knew my husband was, quote unquote, the one for me, or how I knew that the relationship was the right one for me to commit to at that time, if you're interested in knowing a bit a bit more about that, feel to feel free <laughs> to drop me a DM or to drop me an email if you have if you want me to release an episode on that and I'll definitely record that as soon as I can. But honestly, marriage does not have to be a noose around your neck. It doesn't have to be a horrible thing that you want to escape from. Marriage can be a blessing and it is a blessing. And I wish that for every single person that wants to get married, whether you're a man or a woman, I hope that you will find someone who will love you in the way that you deserve to be loved. Someone who will love you wholesomely, who will also love themselves first because sometimes someone may say they love you but if they don't love themselves they can never love you wholeheartedly they can never love you in a healthy way 
And I really hope and I pray that each and every single one of you that are listening to this episode right now, whether you're single, married, whatever your situation may be, if you desire to be married one day, I pray that you will find someone who is going to be compatible to you, who is going to love you in the way that you deserve to be loved and vice versa, and that you're going to have a happy and healthy marriage. I really wish that for both of you. And very, very soon, I hope I'll be releasing something um, that I've been working on for a while now that is going to help you when it comes to relationships so do stay tuned for that I'm hoping I'll be able to release it in a couple of months time but stay tuned I just kind of want to get you guys interested into what I'm talking about but yeah thank you guys for tuning in to another episode thank you for listening I hope that you found today's episode useful I hope that you enjoyed it if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you haven't already left a rating or review what are you doing just take a couple of seconds just to support and give your review and leave a um, leave a rating I'd really appreciate it but if you did enjoy this episode do share it with a friend or someone that you think could benefit from listening to this episode whatever platform you're listening on do show some love and feel free to share this with a friend and i'll see you in my next episode have a great rest of your week and i'll speak to you guys soon